0: Everyone and welcome to another edition of Turned Out of Punk Footnotes. I am one of your hosts, Damien Abraham, and your other host is the King of Welland Niagara Region, <laughs> Chris O'Toole.
1: I uh, can conf- cannot
0: uh, confirm or deny those charges. Well, I'm I'm putting it on you, my friend. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Good, man. Good. Well, did you? Uh, I guess like we've we're we're recording this pretty promptly, so uh, I guess neither one of us has really had a chance to go to any concerts this week, right? No, I, no, I didn't no. do anything this week. No,
1: did you you're you were one. The, uh, no no. I had my big weekend was last weekend, as we discussed. So I've, it's been a chill weekend for me, or week rather oh, than week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did buy a couple records, but that was uh, that's that that was not, you know, because of going to a show or anything. That was because I accidentally walked by a record store, and next thing I know, I had some <laughs> records in my hand. <laughs> nice. Did you get anything crazy? Uh, I actually got something I've been looking for forever, which is the Cavity uh, seven inch, but the Fiesta Grande uh, Bacteria Sour press that they did, and nice. I, I wanted since I was a friend because my uh, friend of mine back then was supposed to get me one. And then uh, I think he got one and it got ruined or something happened. Anyway, I didn't get it in the end. But now I do have it because I found it. So there you go. Now, the question I have
1: is is it, I, it was it, um, I find the market is, is very soft on some of that kind of stuff. So oh, did yeah. you get it for a very reasonable price oh, as opposed very, to a very, very reasonable?
0: Did? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. That's the greatest part about record collecting
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you when you like I think my favorite part about record collecting is when you like things that're just not in vogue mm-hmm. and and uh you're just you win so hard when you're like when you're
0: digging for that. It's a uh, weird at, period though because there's a lot more in vogue than is than is not in vogue right now I'd say that's true, but
1: I think it's because i've always i always like like some ridiculous nonsense that always tends to be super cheap. So yes. I I tend to be able to to like get away with some stuff anywhere I go, but yeah, you're right. I, I do get discouraged equally at the same time with the stuff that like I've always aspired to get that I will probably never own now, as well as we whine about every week. But anyway,
0: well, and speaking of something that I never thought I'd own, the other record I got that day was Despair's One Thousand Cries on White. Nice. So uh, I never our past guest. Yeah, exactly. Featuring uh, a friend of the show slash hardcore hero, Scott Vogel, hater of when I refer to him as by his full name.
1: (laughs) I I don't
0: know. He just really doesn't like when I'm like, yo, what up, Scott Vogel? Scott Vogel! (laughs) (laughs) Not like that. Okay. It. Well, I'm sure he appreciates you doing it two or three times on the show. Just now <laughs> <laughs> uh, he posted this amazing—he hey. amazing—he posted this amazing pic on his Instagram the other day of uh, a Hatebreed Despair tour in like '95, '97, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to remember what, what it said, but anyway, go check it out on his Instagram. Cool. It's in play his know. Instagram.
1: <laughs> We're all new low,'re plugging uh random people's Instagram, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> uh, all right, Chris. Well, I guess should we dive into today's show? yeah, sure, man. okay, well, let's start off with get out you. your plugs first you 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 don't you sometimes you forget the plugs, so get them out oh, you're, I guess you're right, so if you want to get in touch with uh me, you can find me on various forms of social media. Uh, if you want to get in touch with uh, the show, how do they do that, Chris? You can reach us at turnedoutapunkfootnotes at gmail.com. And if you want to uh, find us on Facebook, you go to Turned Out Punk's Facebook page. It's run by my brother, Tristan Abraham. We post stuff that gets sent into the show there. So if you hear us talk about something, you're like, oh, I wish we could see that. Chances are it's going to be on that Facebook page maybe. Yeah. And if you don't use Facebook like myself, uh you can go or, or I think like you maybe yourself too, Chris. Maybe I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it one way or the other, who knows? Who knows? Uh <laughs> uh you you can go to Tumblr and there's a Turned Out of Punk. Uh, I think it's turned out uh, www.tumblr.com. turn out. Anyway, find it Turned Out a Punk on Tumblr. Uh also yeah, Com. Anyway, go on. No, <laughs> thank you, Chris. No, that's why you, that, that's why I need you. You're the you're the reliable one. I'm the I'm the wild card in there in our relationship. Fair. Um, if you would like to uh, support this show, you can tell all your friends about it, or you can also, if you use iTunes, subscribe to it, write a review, and rate it on there, and uh, that would be great. Uh, and uh, I think that's it for plugs. I guess the other big thing I want to plug is coming out later on this week, Chris that Tournament of Death documentary that I made featuring future guest on the show, Jeff Cannonball, perhaps the most punk wrestler other than Robbie Brookside in the world. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He comes out to poison idea, plastic bomb, (laughs) right? He has a tear it up rip off shirt. Um, Okay. He has a just, Pins that reference the Descendants. And uh, I hung out with him the other night at the Descendants show. And he's like, yeah, like he plays in a bunch of hardcore bands, did stuff for the best show. He got, yeah, that's right, he's a fought and he's straight edge vegan or vegetarian wow. or something. But anyway, yeah, amazing, amazing wrestler. Uh, and in this documentary, you see him get a Kenzian, uh, Kenzan hammered into his head. I don't know what that is. Yeah, you said that the other time, too, but I don't know what what is that. Okay, Uh, uh, plug into Google, Chris. Okay. Ken, (laughs) K-E-N. Yeah. Yeah. And then I believe it's Z-E-N. All one word. Kenzen. Kenzen. Yeah.
1: I don't see anything coming up. I'm not spelling it right.
0: I'm seeing weird anime. Things coming up. <laughs> okay, no, I'm probably not. I'm probably not looking up. Probably not saying it right. Ken, what is it? Kenzan. <laughs> so is, is that it, N? Z-A-N. Sorry, that's Z A N.
1: Yeah. All right. Oh, awful. Yeah, yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah. So it's like it's like a tiny bed of nails or something of that nature, basically. It looks yeah,
0: like. it's used for uh, putting flowers in vases and I mean. bamboo. It looks like as well. Yep, and it's uh, used in. Japanese flower arrangements and also in wow, Japanese is, death matches.
1: That is terrible. Wow. <laughs> okay. So now I'm getting the impression
0: of what you're saying. Okay. You have you you like until you see this scene, you have no idea. It's like the most intense. It's it's yeah. Oh, it's all one word. I think it was two words. I have no idea. Well, I've 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 clearly not spent very much time looking these things up. More just. <laughs> <laughs> experiencing the live the live show. But anyway, uh yeah, so uh that documentary comes out this week, I believe on Wednesday, on Vice dot com. So check that out. Uh there's also an amazing story in it too. It's not just all blood and guts. There's there's a uh, very interesting, compelling character in the promoter, DJ Hyde. Um cool. I'm super fucking proud of this thing, man. You should be. No, I like I'm really like we I went down there and My God, like the people that I, everyone I worked with on this thing, was unbelievable and everyone did a killer job and I remember we returned the van to the van rental place Yeah, and they're like, (laughs) we just get out, we're super late for our flight, so we just get out and start running, me and the director, Shawnee, are like running back to meet the the rest of the crew at the gate pretty much and the guy's like, wait, 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 What, what about this roof? What happened to the fucking roof of this thing? And because the van had been parked in the parking lot and the wrestlers go to the parking lot and use vehicles as, like, launch pads, the roof of this, our van, our minivan, was covered in blood and scratched to <laughs> shit from barbed wire and glass and all other shit that was in wrestlers' boots. <laughs> and uh, we had no-fault insurance, so we were fine. But, my God, it was fucked up. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm anticipating to seeing this now yeah well that's that's i guess that's it for my plugs I i went into a long plug there chris so uh, that's thank, all right thank you for reminding me to do that though oh, hey. and also I'm, I'm in england right now um if you're listening to this when it comes out probably so uh come out and see fucked up uh at some shows for the next few days for sure and that's it i think that's about it buddy i think that's, uh, all right. that's plugs right now oh okay. and then also live <laughs> turned out a punk <laughs> what's that Live turned out a punk. Oh, yeah, that's right. When no- is that again? November 5th, just outside of Austin, Texas at Sound on Sound. Please check it out. It's going to be super fun. Um, still figuring out all the guest situation. It's almost like too many options is what I'm dealing with right now. Uh, oh. Got some cool surprises uh, coming, and uh, I wish one of them was you, Chris, but <laughs> literally... <laughs> Boy, I believe you. Me, I wish it was also me too. <laughs> yeah, next time, next time we'll have you jump out of a suitcase.
1: Yeah, there we go, or a cake. Yeah, a cake,
0: <laughs> a cake. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll be vegan. It'll be a vegan one.
1: Yeah, sure. Imagine you could hook that. Definitely in Austin, could get you could hook that up for sure. There'll
0: be definitely a vegan cake place in Austin. A vegan <laughs> yep. cake for jumping out of place in Austin, probably too. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay, but uh, yeah. So that's that's it for plugs. Now a lot of plugs.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: well that's good though. You got a lot going on, so there you ooh, go. Ooh, it's busy. It's busy right now. But um, anyway, it's uh, it's also busy right now, in the world of rock and roll hall of fames. <laughs> it's,
1: great segue.
0: It's, it's that time of year again, everyone. The time that we love to refer to as rock and roll hall of fame season. <laughs> This year, um, they've nominated some of the greatest bands of all time, uh, including ELO, Jay Giles Band, uh, <laughs> Joe Tex, and Journey. <laughs> no, they also, there's also Shaka Khan's nominated Bad Brain, Chic Depeche Mode, uh, Joan <laughs> You Baez. don't need to
1: read them all. Well, Is I got to the read them
0: all for context, buddy. Okay, uh, okay. Janet Jackson. Uh, Jane's Addiction. Yeah, I backed that one. Craftwork, MC5, Pearl Jam, Steppenwolf, Cars, Zombies, Tupac Shakur. Okay. That's the list. <clears throat> that's the list. Can I start a point here real Yeah, quick? you start. Go. You go first.
1: How the hell are the zombies not already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I would say the same, about the MC5. Well, that's – yeah, both. But I mean like yeah, either. Like I can't believe now that I'm looking at this – like, yeah, Bad Brains is a, a big deal to be nominated, and it suits our show. Yeah, yeah. But how the hell aren't either of those bands? Yeah. But it's cr- – just saying Zombies because that would suit, like, the kind of old era of stuff you would assume would already be, like, Grandfather dinner or whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. MC5 is, is pretty old now, too, to be fair. But Zombies, you're talking earlier than that, of course. But, yeah, um, But yeah, both those – yeah, how the hell aren't the MC5 in already? That's insane. Um I could argue that there is not a greater American rock and roll band than MC5.
0: Cool. Oh, That's... be a, hard to argue. It, well, like, yeah. like, So you're like, what are your criteria? Because, like, I don't know. Like, do you... Like, this leads to the other question. Is it Stooges or MC5 for you? Well, it's Stooges for me, but... Yeah, me too.
1: But... I think you don't kind of have one without the other in, in yeah, any way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. So if I'm choosing from a, a point of like origin to not, I think the MC5 paved a little more of the way. So I would give that. I think both, to be fair. I, I don't care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as an institution. Let's just put that forward right now. I don't care about it. But yeah, uh, it is neat to visit and you know, all this is great. To have, have you it. been? Uh, yeah, it's awesome. i never been. Oh, it's so good. It's actually really, really good. The only thing about it is I do believe they change – I think they change things. Like they change – however you want to say it. Uh, Like you don't have the same – man, I'm really having a hard time with words right now. They they change the the exhibits however you want to say it. So I don't know if you'll always see the same things. But when I went, they're actually – I mean, okay, you you have to go with an open mind knowing – you're not gonna see the coolest, you know, everything is not gonna be like stuff
0: you like, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah. That's but true.
1: when I went, they had um they seem to have a changing exhibit um uh, every I don't know, I'm gonna say month maybe or something. And it I think the one when I went was Women in Rock, which was kind of cool. Um, because it had like um things like the runaways and, and it referenced that stuff too, which I thought was cool. So they do get enough um what what's the word I'm looking for? Like like obscure. There's enough obscurity in there to to make people like you and I happy. Yeah. And of course you're going to see the the big stuff like, um, you know like David Bowie's outfits and you know like whatever Metallica. Did you stuff go you to that see. David
0: Bowie exhibit a couple of years ago that came through?
1: I never did, but I saw like I said some of this stuff at the the Rocky yeah. Hall Fame. Yeah. It was an incredible his outfits exhibit. Outfits are crazy. Yeah. He, he like his outfits are so crazy and they're so tiny. <laughs> like you realize how mm-hmm. small that guy is like they're so small but um he truly was a
0: thin white was. duke
1: he was i can't believe you have never been i find that interesting
0: no i want, I should go like you know i should go just so i can see like the permanent gag reflex exhibit they have well like i will a windpipe I will... they probably have like a windpipe <laughs> <laughs> Exhibition, right? Like they like should,
1: but they don't.
0: Windpipe, they, should, but they don't. <laughs> the most important However. band from Cleveland, the most important uh, <laughs> rock and roll band since Rocker from the Tombs.
1: Yeah, like I would fully love a non-commercial exhibit at the Rock Yo, <laughs>
0: and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, a and non-commercial just, wing of the Rock and Roll Hall exactly. of Fame. Exactly. And I might very well
1: just start an online petition for that but or oh encourage
0: a listener to do so. Please, However, someone, a listener do that and we will promote it on this show. Yes, And we will please. get literally dozens of people to sign it.
1: Yes, please. <laughs> please do. Uh, but uh, one thing I will say that I did see there, which this this is one thing that blew my mind when I went a few years back, uh, and it relates to your interests as well in many ways because it has sort of a wrestling theme, sort of non-wrestling theme, but they actually had the um, Handsome Dick's coat from the cover of that uh, Dictators record. Oh, yeah. In there. Yeah, it's super cool. They had, they actually had a punk like wall kind of thing or whatever, and it, it had like... A good amount of stuff. I believe it either had Dee Dee's bass or one of Johnny's guitars, or maybe both. But yeah, it had like that you would expect. But the the handsome dick thing, I couldn't believe. They just had crazy, Yeah, it go anyone go if you like music, it's got plenty for you. Also, well, the uh,
0: Seattle music experience. I've got the punk book that they put out. It's they've got they have a pretty cool exhibit. And they and they unlike from the sounds of it, this one that they have in Cleveland seem to respect the local music scene have a lot of stuff from like Seattle band. (laughs) Well, I believe, I believe that, I mean, I don't think
1: they have the kind of stuff that you and I are talking about, of course, but I do believe they probably have some Cleveland things, but I, I, yeah, they're definitely missing the nineties and forward and DIY
0: hardcore punk. Until they have (laughs) a a mean Steve confront section. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my hall of fame.
1: Yeah, um, like I want, like they, what they really should have is like like various items from any of the records, like photo, like things photographed in any of the classic Cleveland things yeah, exactly. in, in that place, like like uh, you know sport bikes, uh, sport bike. you know, like like working gloves, worker <laughs> gloves. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there there's you know anyway we can about what the thing they sprint. should
0: definitely do have though that photo, I would love to see blown up huge where it's like I think it's Porcell singing and you see Tony Urban and Dwight beside each other in the crowd. Oh, no, the Melnick, you see Aaron Melnick and Erba bes- or, or, and Dwight beside them, each other, and they're super young. Uh, you know, nothing would surprise me more. I Eventually,
1: I do believe some of this stuff will get in. I genuinely do believe that. But right now, I didn't I, It's
0: going to be a pretty <laughs> – <laughs> 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 if the zombies aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because it might be a minute before we get the integrity induction.
1: Oh, I don't think I'm not saying inducted, but I'm saying <laughs> yeah. when you go like the ephemera they have in there,
0: yeah, like, you'll you'll
1: start to see if they don't already have it, and they're just like figuring out what to do with it. But there'll be
0: some of that one day, I, I suspect. Uh, I'm trying to find out how many artists go in each year to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. But why we bring this up after
1: that long digression, that very <laughs> long digression, is because the Bad Brains have been nominated, which I believe I mentioned. So that's kind of big news. I was kind of surprised to hear that, um, although not surprised simultaneously. But, you know, I I'd certainly think they would deserve it of, of the, the type of group they are um i think well apart from being a really like groundbreaking group or whatever i just think they're great but it's weird when you see them placed up against like these nominees that we just read out and some of the stuff that isn't already in i also get kind of a beef with uh this idea of like like there's craft work on there and it's like i i really like craft work but i don't think of them in terms of like rock and roll i think that's a weirdly broad i mean i know there's things that aren't um, there's even, like, straight hip-hop rap stuff in the Roll Hall of Fame. I just never understood why they're, they're as broad as they are with the, the type of nominees they have, yet they're so strict with what they let in. Like, the fact, again, like, like, the zombies are not in there, MC5 aren't in there, but, you know, there's definitely some newer groups that probably didn't deserve to be in there ahead of them, as an example.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's the thing about it. It's like, there's no accounting for taste, and at least people retroactively seem to have good taste. And, uh, but yeah, like it, it, I guess, cause it's like, just, it wants to be the all music hall of fame.
1: Yeah. I think that's well put actually,
0: <laughs> but
1: yeah, bad brains. So it'll be interesting to see if they go in. What do you, do you think they're going to make it? You think it, someone's going to vote for them?
0: Uh, oh, definitely. I, I honestly, like I went to that bad brains exhibit in LA. And um, like it, it 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 was very apparent there that the bad brains are kind of like at that moment where they're being, you know, like maybe they don't go in this year, but they definitely go in. They're like a hundred percent assured of going in at some point. Um, I don't know. Like I was looking at this list. It's it, it's hard to like. I think I'm trying to figure out who go how many go in six. I think it says. Yeah, I'm um, not sure. I don't know. Like, let's say, oh, uh, who would you who would you want to see in? Let's, say it's, let's let's each pick four. Okay. The-
1: I'm going to pick four. I'm going to pick the Bad Brains, obviously, what we're talking about. Yeah. I'd pick – yeah. So my four would be Zombies, MC5, Bad Brains. And as my fourth – ooh, this is kind of tough because there's, there's a couple on here I can mm-hmm. choose. Because of what I feel should be like a more strict regiment to what they allow in based on it being called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there are things I'm not going to choose that I would probably choose if it were just the Music Hall of Fame or whatever. But I'm going to choose Jane's Addiction because I really like Jane's Addiction. So that
0: would be my choice. Sis. Yep. yep. I, I would say I actually, you know, I can kind of hear your argument. I, I see you on the first three that you said. Um, and I can kind of see your argument for why you would say, you know, like this should only if this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it should be bands that are rock and roll kind of like. Centric, centric, will. yeah, that's probably a really good way of putting it, and or that's a really good way of putting it, I should say, and so I would say, you know, but I, I'm still going to say craftwork, because I think craftwork, you know, like influenced so many rock rock and roll bands, and like, you know, like what they were doing was almost like an answer to rock and roll, like it was pre-electronic music so what they were doing was kind of reacting to what was going on around them you know and it was like very imagine prog informed not sounding that way but i imagine like you know judging by the other groups they were kind of in the orbit of
1: yeah agreed i i love craft work and i don't uh begrudge that selection at all mine was purely based on that sort of like what we we're discussing this this sort of central like i mean The obvious choice, like Pearl Jam, is on this list. We've discussed them before on this show. To me, it's quite obvious that they're going to likely get in (laughs) over some of the other artists. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure the vast public would probably choose Pearl Jam over over Jane's Addiction. I would guess, but uh, for my tastes, uh, no way. And the Cars are excellent too. I I would like the Cars to get in there too, but you know, I'm not. Everyone's not getting in, so
0: no. Nope. Joe Baez would be awesome to get in there. Yeah, Joan Baez, like, the select, like, the overall list isn't bad.
1: There's probably only a few things on here that I'm going, okay, what, why, what's the point of this being on this mm-hmm. list? Mm-hmm. Like, all due respect to Janet Jackson, but, like, whatever. That should not be on there. Um, Anyway, Journey, meh, whatever. Like, that's not my, not my bag. But most of the rest of it I kind of understand in one way or another. Anyway.
0: Yeah, uh, or, or or shaka khan she depeche mode like all of those even elo even Jay giles band like all yeah. of them are you know like it's it's hard it's hard when you're trying to be like this is the best music all the other stuff isn't as good as this <laughs> exactly this is the best music <laughs> yeah <laughs> like <laughs> and like, how many times have some of these
1: groups like have they been have these people been nom- nominated previously, or is this like you only get I don't know? I think you get a couple the, kicks at it. The selection process to me is very strange. Yeah, very very um, strange. Especially for older groups, like I'm surprised they don't have just like I don't know, like say seventy seventies groups and back. They just choose them all
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they're in. Like why are they still in trying to induct? I just it, that to me is kind of nuts. But whatever.
0: Um, and it also like. You know, the, for people like us, you're never going to see the like, you know, our favorite bands. Like maybe if the Bad Brains get in, that's one of my favorite bands. And then I guess the yeah. Sex Pistols, Sex Pistols turned it down, right? I can't remember. I know your favorite's the Clash. Were inducted
1: recently. Yeah, uh, I think that's just. I can't remember if they if they acknowledge it or not. I cannot remember. I think they sent a it's letter saying
0: Google. no, we don't want to be in it. Oh, well, could be. Let me Which, check right now. Over <laughs> more fuel for them being the better. Sorry. Mr. Pickles is making a guest appearance, Chris. While you're looking that up, Mr. Pickles is going to make a uh, guest exit. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Oh,
1: there's actually a list of artists who said no. Oh, yeah, and they were one.
0: Um, Let me see here. For first-time listeners who don't know who Mr. Pickles is, that sounded very erotic.
1: (laughs) It's Damien's cat. It's my cat. one of your cats still no. or do you have more than one cat? Pepsi's gone rest in peace. Gotcha so you're down to one. Okay. We love so you, so yeah, big Papa. Sex, <laughs> sex Pistols did deny them. Um
0: yeah. uh, they in 2006 and How, how seems- sick is that? <laughs> I'm like just being like, "No, nah, like why I don't want to be in this."
1: Yeah, even Ozzy uh he had some beef, so I think Sabbath got in, but Ozzy had some problem with it. So there's a few, and Guns and Roses, there's something here. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was there was something that he had scathing too. There was a little article I found here, but yeah, Sex Pistols were definitely denied them, which is yeah, that's insane. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: But uh, yeah, like it, I guess it's just like anything else. I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is is even more ridiculous. Like I think it would be cool if they had a rock museum. Yeah. You know, it it would be that to me is like, you know, that's that, that makes sense. Like, you know, like a place where you can go and see the history of music, you know, you can see the history of rock music or things like that. But Mm -hmm. to like have something where you're like, these artists are the most important artists. Because like, I think if anything, you know, uh, a podcast like this reflects that there's a ripple effect in music. And sometimes the smallest bands can have the biggest impacts in the long term. You know? Yeah.
1: Agreed. And I think that I think you might see that this year. I think the Bad Brains might actually get in. And I would argue, if you looked at that list, they're
0: probably, technically speaking, the smallest group on that list. Mm-hmm. But then it's also like, you know, Bad Brains, you know, at least according to Rollins and Rollins' book, were heavily <laughs> inspired at first by the Vile Tones. <laughs> You know, as you
1: pointed I, out a few times on this show, yes, one of
0: my favorite fun facts in, to bring up. You know, like what you obviously need the to Bad Brains. You know, I'm not undermining what the Bad Brains did at all because the Bad Brains are like the greatest band of, well, maybe not politically always, but but musically.
1: <laughs> yes, I know what you're getting at. We know what you're getting at. Which
0: leads the, me to uh, my next point: When do the big boys get in?
1: Well, exactly. Or when, see, my thing is when you when you start to kind of pull these obvious ones where you you go, oh yeah, we should have been on top of this, so we're gonna you know pull this popular band from like mm-hmm. whatever, it's like quote unquote subculture, however you want to paraphrase it, you know. So then you know, then who's next? Yeah, like exactly. Like when do the big boys get in? When do Minor Threat get in? When do the Dead Kennedys get yeah, the in? When Dead the Dead Kennedys. Business... <laughs> the Dead Kennedys. Like <laughs> yeah, like any of the big the big punk bands that like everyone knows. Like, how are none of those bands in this i mean i I know that some would reject it, but just the idea that you know finally that's making this lay like, it's just it's kind of a weird selection process, so I'm with you there, mm-hmm. but I will say visiting it is quite the experience, so i don't uh don't discourage anyone from doing it. They have some cool stuff there, especially if you like music broadly speaking.
0: Well, Chris, until there's that cider exhibit, <laughs> just take your word for it. True. Okay. Hey, that, like I said, there's I was nothing like,
1: more I want.
0: Not exhibit. I think we just did like a half hour on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course we
0: did. A long ass show, everyone.
1: Yeah. Buckle let's up. get to uh let's get to the emails here real quick. I'm gonna get us on course since uh, we went we went a little deep. <laughs> Absolutely. First message from our Norwegian correspondent, uh, another referenced here. This had Canadian content, which is why I selected it uh, specifically, and it's another interesting talking point, uh, which isn't really related to punk, sort of. But anyway, Uh, talking about hockey, uh, when last week we talked about that, uh, reminds me of DOA taking care of business video, which he saw on the Sky channel many years ago. He got the compilation DVD and Sky's a satellite or a cable company, I believe, in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, he's got the there's a compilation which features this video, but he realized after he got it that it's a Bachman Turner Overdrive song. Mm-hmm. And I guess in the video, Randy Bachman is the trainer for the DOA team because it's a hockey whatever video. I've not seen it to be fair, uh, but anyway, uh, so much for being a big fan of artists in Canada or sorry, so much for being a big fan of the biggest artist from Canada. And I'm not talking about Celine Dion. Of course, I'm talking about Neil Young. So controversial is Neil Young, the biggest artist from Canada.
0: Oh, Drake. (laughs) Like, you know, and I'm like, you know, like, obviously, not obviously, but like, you know, I I like, I'm not like necessarily even the biggest fan of his music. Like, I don't listen to it that much or... You know, but he is definitely the biggest artist ever from Canada. I think you might be right. Record sales wise, we'd have to look, but. I don't even think record sales. As as I mean, that's like, it's, it, that metric's broken now, right? Like. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Fair. I fair. think like, you know, you look at him as cultural impact right now. It's, it's, there's that a crazy article. I think the Toronto Star did about the economic impact of Drake and it is nuts when you think about, oh yeah, this guy's actually had, like, he's he's affected a metric in in our economy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you're you cannot. Uh,
1: I have no argument for what you're saying. I just thought it I didn't think that was going to go that way, but yeah, yeah, yeah like that's the easiest way of putting it these days. Hey,
0: I wish I could say it was Frankie Venom, everyone. <laughs> I wish I could say it was someone that would gladly take a photo with me.
1: <laughs> but no, does.
0: it's the guy who fucking begrudgingly took a photo with with me.
1: <laughs> Amazing. All right, next email from our one of another one of our. We have three frequent uh, correspondent people up the top, so let's get them over.
0: Yeah, these are, this is almost like our columnists. It is. We have this is our column. Yeah, yeah. So Dave Martin's column this week is. United Mutation. This is to me because I said United Mutation jokingly were my favorite Discord band, and he said United Mutation are only a half Discord band. And I guess a debate about the best half band would be an interesting than the uh, would be more interesting than the regular roster, as uh, that has just been discussed to death. Although I'll just pick the Necros, so maybe not. Geez, I sure do love the Necros. Uh, well, Dave, you do love the Necros. Uh and I love the necros, but I and don't I think do. Yeah, and you love the Necros, Chris. <laughs> yeah. But I was gonna say, Chris, that's not my pick for the best Discord half release. Is it yours?
1: No. Uh we discussed this earlier and you brought up one that I forgot was a split. So I, I have to I have to jump on your bandwagon. No, please go the- for it. The record is too good, and I, I would – having Edge Day celebrations taking place tonight when we're recording this, uh, SSD control, kids will have their say being a split release. SSD is definitely my favorite half Discord band.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like – there's there's actually some other weirder ones, right? Like is is the Nation of Ulysses one, for, first one, uh, a Discord half-release.
1: I believe so. There's a lot of good ones. I mean, like the one I the one I come to first because I own it and I think about it is that Iron Cross, but um but yeah, SSD control has to be my bad. I'm gonna look here to see. I thought the double O was also
0: a half. Yeah, double O is also a half. I think a second wind LP maybe is a half or no? Is that just something? Even you actually reference? I think or,
1: uh, the United Mutation it says number ten and
0: seven eighths. Yeah, no the United Mutation is a half release. Yeah, okay. It was a half-release with DSi Records, which to me is an incredibly fascinating label.
1: Yeah, it's those... I mean, the, the kind of obvious choices are the early ones for me for the half releases. It says Screams LP. It's also a split-release. Really? The first one? Yeah, 15 and a half. What's the... I'm guessing that's how they did all the, the yeah, half the they did. The splits with the halves, right? Um, Yeah, that would be... I'd still true. SSD so strong, it's not going to... Nothing for me is going to top that, but... Yeah, there's some cool ones. Ignition. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Uh, the what later the one. I'm trying to, see, trying to see if that uh, vile cherubs is another one. I
0: haven't heard that record actually. No, nor have I. Uh, is the mentors record that they put out a split release? They did a mentor. No <laughs> just, way. Just get it. Like
1: what? No, I'm just nothing surprised. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's a that's a deep cut." If you're pulling that one out of I me, mean, I can't believe. Uh, the Nation of You are Collect correct. Your... I'm shocked, I didn't know this. You're right. Forty six and a half from 1990, yeah. first the, seven inch. What's
0: the label that they did the half the split with? Uh, let me see here. Okay. K Records. Okay. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, whoa. This doesn't make any sense. Is what does? is Chain in the Gang a split release with Discord?
1: one of the early things might've been a I'm minimum sure. rock and roll. Oh, that would be the new one. Yeah, it might be actually. Sorry. That's funny. That's the, the last LP they did. Maybe the, um, just
0: distributed or something because it, it's coming up on the discogs, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything, I guess.
1: Well, oh look, there was something to that because they were on, they jumped off for the, um, yeah. Being a chain in the gang, aficionado, they had jumped off, uh, like they created their own label to do that record, mm-hmm. and so well it says radically. Yeah, it doesn't actually say. Yeah, it's, it's not. Te- it's not technically, but I do believe Discord distributed it. But anyway, yeah, that's a whole other bag of uh, to talk
0: about. Mm-hmm. I, Great you, record. Though. Do you like Fugitive Family? Do not know that one. That's the United Mutation Seven Inch. That's one of my favorite records.
1: I know like I that one I'm not I don't know well. The double O I'm familiar with but I don't know super well. But uh yeah those earlier ones. That Nation of Lysis record I have. I'm trying to think of the other anyway, all that stuff. Holy like, rollers. All the stuff we're talking about is, is great. So if you don't know it, check it out. And uh Discord recently also put all their stuff up on Bandcamp, I believe. So you can check all this out. I don't know if it's for free, but definitely easier than you could have before some of this. Mm -hmm. Anyway.
0: Yeah. You know, check out the the half I don't know if the half releases are up there, though, Chris.
1: Ooh, good point. Never checked for that, actually.
0: Yeah, I don't think they would be, unless it's like someone who was, you know, Scream, I think, is pretty much a Discord band. Um, But there's like a lot of bands that I'm like, I don't know. I wonder if it is. I wonder if the reptile house record's up there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I bet you the SSD
1: might not even be. I I wouldn't think it is. Yeah, that or the uh or the necros even maybe. Yeah. But um either way, that was the first part of Mr. Martin's message and uh, oh, the right. second part.
0: The second part of Mr. Martin's message is shit. let me go back to the email. This He's a, referencing. There was
1: a picture last week we were talking about where he sent a message, and it was in regards to a, a a fan letter to the Necros that he had unearthed. And in the background of the photo that he'd taken, there was this Ramones. Uh, what we thought was a seven inch, and he was explaining what what that is.
0: Yeah, t- yeah. It's it looks like it's a just promotional display for the um, double seven inch that they put out the new wave double set double seven, is and sire records put out, which featured all of the new wave acts they were pushing at the time, such as the famous new wave band, the saints, the dead boys, the Ramones, <laughs> Richard hell. And actually the talking heads are normally referred to as a new wave band. So that one yeah. does kind of, that was the one that did, did stick with.
1: Yeah. That one counted the, uh, but yeah, so it's this, it's very cool. Like he wrote in a we we'll try and throw it up. But it's this crazy promo thing where it's got actually the covers of those sort of infamous LPs on it, and then uh, it's got like, a new wave rock and roll. Get behind it before it gets past you mm-hmm. on Sire Records. But yeah, very cool. Uh, but we were for the listeners that are curious, there actually was a promotional double seven inch for that. Um, but I don't know if we figured out if that there was actually a Ramon seven inch with that same cover as that first LP. No, I
0: don't think so. Unless it's a, there's probably a bootleg like that, but. Is, yeah. I love that. I love that promotional thing. That looks so sick. Yeah, it's cool. Looks big too. Anyway, we'll throw up a photo
1: of it on the uh the sources where you can see that stuff for the show. But uh yeah, that was Dave uh Mr. Martin's uh submissions this week and we appreciate it. How Thank weird you. is it?
0: How weird is it like when you think about Sire's like Seymour Stein's run of punk bands that he signed. God, like he had Based. Well, yeah, because he also had um, uh, the Undertones, yep. and uh, I'm trying to think who else is missing from this. There's a couple other bands that he that got signed around this, but holy jeez, what a what a good run!
1: Well, I mean, just the ones that are pictured on this, and, and people will eventually see it. Like we mentioned, like those are all. I mean, those records are excellent. Like that isn't. I don't know. I, maybe I'm partial to this era or bands. I don't know. But that Dead Boys record, I think is. Phenomenal. That's like Mm -hmm. one of my favorite records. That Saints record's outstanding. Love that Richard Hell. It's got the first two Ramones on there. I even like that Talkie Heads record quite a bit. But the, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like those are all, you know, out of the park. I don't know how they did commercially, really, some of those, but I mean, uh, uh, excellent records. Like, I don't know how you put out a run of that and not, you know, have some kind of ear or someone at that label did if he
0: didn't. Well, he did put out Madonna, so he definitely had. (laughs) <laughs> in here at some point, yeah, but either way, it's really cool. I like when we get those like
1: kind of things i, I actually, I like that we were curious about what that was in the background, and he was able to to explain that to us, so that's always cool but um, yeah, we had the, the other Dave wrote in here, and there's some cool stuff in this message, too, yeah, uh, we're speaking of Dave David up as we affectionately titled him, uh or the I guess the, his previous band titled him, but um. He brings up an interesting point. We were discussing Youth Brigade on the previous episode. We brought up um, how members were in that movie, The Mask, as their band, Royal Crown Review. They later run on to do or what have you. But uh, he references uh, – and it's funny because I know this song very well. But uh, And it segues into another point of yours, Damien. But Youth Brigade, uh, the, the non-DC Youth Brigade, that is, the song Boys in Blue. Mm-hmm which has a very infamous rap part <laughs> in the the sort of the breakdown of the song or what have you. Uh, but Dave proposes a, uh, like a talking point, 80s punk with random rap parts. And he has three submissions, of course, that Youth Brigade one that I just mentioned, Seven Seconds, Colorblind, Heresy Against the Grain, and uh, those are the three he submitted. But there's got to be others. Uh, Can you think of any that stand out in your mind that aren't sort of obvious rap influence groups outright? So uh, for me, that stuff sort of is is, uh, eliminated, but any of the ones that sort of aren't typically rap or what have you?
0: Chokehold, secondhand murder on the Chokehold crisis of faith split from 1989.
1: (laughs) Nice. I was thinking of – there's actually an MDC, a later MDC song, which is all – Rap. It's on um, Shades of Brown, but I can't remember what the hell the song's called. I haven't listened to the record in so long.
0: I'm sure if you went deep catalog in any early 80s punk hardcore band that went and weathered the storm of the late 80s into the early 90s, they probably did not get by without having at least a, a dabbling in a rap part.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably Maybe correct.
0: Poison Idea is like the only exception.
1: Ooh, that's a good call. Yeah, I bet you there isn't.
0: Yeah. There. <laughs> well, actually there's that um what's that? There's that breakdown thing where he does that's that uh uh what song is that? Anyway, I can't even remember now. Chris, this is going to be a long ass show. Hey, so, we're trying. We can speed it up. <laughs> no, no. I I like it. I like it. I like it slow and low. Like like <laughs> okay. cough and I hate God. So Anyway, send in more if anyone has any
1: more of those. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Turn to the pugfootnotes at gmail.com. Hit us up if you can think of any. I'm sure we will get some uh, on that topic relating to one of your previous bands, Criminally Insane. Dave alleges that the demo cassette he has of that very band was mastered too fast and that the vocals sound different to the point where he wasn't even aware that you were the vocalist of that group. And that he prefers the faster versions of the song, but thinks his demo is fucked up. And uh, I had already inquired to you about this once we got this message, which you weren't really sure. But uh, do you have any uh, feelings on that, Damien?
0: When he says mastered, I say, ha, 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 ha. There's no mastering. Uh, (laughs) It was straight from the uh, tape to the tape. Um, And uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe that one was sped up. The duplicating was done. By I believe Matt DeLong or Caleb at their house, just on a cassette player, and that's how we used to do tapes. Like unless we were doing like when we did the smaller run, those stuff we would do them that way. Um, Like that's I think the same way we did the I know it's the same way we did the overtime demo. And then if we're doing, I
1: still don't have. By the way,
0: well the overtime demo is like really rare. Someone sent me a photo of one on uh Instagram Nice. I just couldn't believe it like I've like I because I think there's only like 20, 15. Yeah, I need one. And then if you were going to like a if you were going to actually make like a real tape like when they would make these actually no warning demos or things like that, you'd go to like a tape duplicating place and get them done there. Yeah. Um but yeah, criminally insane, so I guess Dave You just got, like, one of the unlucky ones, and you missed out on some of the the best dirges in Toronto punk history. (laughs) You
1: also theoretically got a rejected. uh, Yeah, rejected. So the limit
0: one of one. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Exactly. Bootleg that, and then I can find that in dollar bins, too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nice. More like I'll find it in dollar bins continuously, please. Yes. Uh, someone else brought up Criminally Insane to me, uh, on this last tour that I was on. Can't remember who now. Maybe someone in the Nightbirds? Anyway. Could be. Anyway. Uh, let's get on to the next part of Dave's mail where he yeah, says... Yeah, this is a, a new, uh, you brought, you, I think you proposed this last week, did you not? This, yeah, I this did. I, I suggest this as a potential... You opened the can of worms. Uh, well, I thought it'd be a cool kind of thing to go into, but best 10 inches... Uh, Dave's picks are Sleater Kinney, uh, Yit System and Quincy Punks. And at the time he really liked the blank 77s 10 inch and he had a bunch of the man's Ruin ones Fu Manchu, Nebula, electric wizard, Caius. Uh, yeah. Like I think those are all amazing choices. I don't know if I would put, uh, Quincy Punks. I don't know, I've got to listen to the Skit System 10 inch again. I can't even remember what 10 inch that is. I don't have any of the ones he
1: mentioned to reference, but I like that band. The Sleether Kinney one, I don't know what one he's speaking of, um, so I can't well, say. we got
0: another resource, buddy.
1: Yeah, I'm looking through my box of 10-inch records right now to see if any stand out to me specifically. That uh, The only one that comes to mind for me, actually, and there's a topic on the show this week um, that suits it, but... Uh, It's not one of my favorite ones, but I do believe it is a good 10-inch record, which is that later Dead Guy record, which everyone seems to not like. Mm -hmm. That's a 10-inch. Our War is probably one of my 10-inches that I would actually hold up in my top 10-inches. I don't know, man. It's difficult. The 10-inch format is a difficult format to be in love with.
0: Drop Dead have a 10-inch. That Drop Dead 10-inch is definitely on mine. Uh, yeah
1: i'm looking through i don't uh well technically huggy bear taking the rough with smooch which is
0: a compilation mind you but that's a great 10 inch okay this Uh, is the first time i've ever done this on the show but i'm uh i'm bringing i'm bringing my gear over for a field trip to where my 10 inches are so i can flip through (laughs) my 10 inches and uh we can uh there we go all right. There's that. There's that one
1: Infest 10 inch too, but I don't know if that was originally a 10 inch or if it comes from a different. Uh, I was always, uh, it was
0: a 10 inch bootleg, and I think did they, did they reissue it as a legit thing too?
1: I think I so see, because okay. the one I have is on, I think, like Deep Six or one of those. That. Okay, then we can
0: just, count that, I guess. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Draw, draw blank Deep
0: Six. Yeah, that's a good one. All um, right. Uh, okay. no, nope, that's not going to be on my list. Well, uh, you brought one up. We we talked about it off air I think, but the the one that's definitely a standout is Humanity is the Devil by Integrity. Oh yeah, like, 100%. And and Shane Full stop. Okay, I also have Shane Champlain on mine. He was a Boston Power Pop guy. Uh did an incredible 7-inch too. But that 10-inch is fantastic. Uh Iron Monkey's sick. They were on um They were on uh what's it called? Uh Man's Ruin. Yeah, went on to become Dukes of Nothing, and I think there's yeah, like else. a doom band. Yeah, uh, also Chris.
1: <laughs> I think I just pulled it out, and I think I know what you're going to say. Your former gone. employers. Oh no, <laughs> that's not what I thought you were. Electric
0: Fire, uh, the Homework, the the most infamous demo in Canadian history, other than the Bare Naked Ladies tapes that we've talked about on the show <laughs> prior. Uh, the Homework demo uh was we'll math s- math note demo or math oh, that's, sheets it. Demo. that's oh. it sorry sorry um, it's ironic that
1: you're looking at that i don't own that this is my public cry right now on the show uh my friends listen to this and some of them are affiliated with them i don't have that uh christmas is coming up uh or whatever you celebrate give one to me please i deserve yeah. it although i do have an original of the demo so that's my humble brag but they have a uh, demo
0: they put out a demo
1: well, that that was originally actually a demo, like a demo CD, not not on tape. no. Oh, you don't the, have, have that 10-inch? I don't have the 10-inch. I have the real oh. thing. I don't, I How don't do have you the not ten inch.
0: have a 10-inch? Yeah, like someone give a fucking copy. Because what? people
1: are neglectful, and when you're yeah. not in the big city, you're, you don't get the things Jeez. that are coming out as they come out.
0: I would anyway. actually put the Demise 10-inch on mine, too. Do you know that band? They were on Off yep. the Disc. They, they have a 10-inch yep. that's sick. There's that's, one
1: that you're missing, which is high up, definitely high up in your list, too, and it's a split and a 10 inch. Can you guess what I'm going to say right now? Uh, I'm staring uh, at it.
0: God, I, I don't know. It's
1: not jumping out at me. The Propagandi Eye oh, Spies. Oh,
0: Propagandi Eye Spies? Of course. I don't actually have a copy of that.
1: Ooh, I am staring at one.
0: Well, There's Chris, one record in Christmas the world that is have that's coming moving. up.
1: Uh. <laughs> if i had two i would definitely give you mine uh, if i find one i'll definitely give it to I, you
0: i would also put the the noise addict tenage on there on ecstatic peace uh i don't
1: have that one either i'm not familiar with it uh, uh but yeah
0: you know benley's you know benley's band i do not know ben Lee's band you don't know uh, ben Lee's band noise addict no Oh, Chris! Oh my God! I have stumped I... the '90s music icon. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the guy who knows every '90s pop in. You don't know this. Well, Ben Lee was the 14-year-old singer that was. Well, I know dis- who he is. I yeah. don't know that band, but yeah. Well, uh, th- that that was his band. That was the band that was discovered, and it was they were signed uh-huh. as Thirst- by Thurston Moore when he was like 14 years old, gotcha. or like 13 years old, or something. And they did uh, two 10-inches on Noise Addict. Oh, no, first one on Noise Addict, second one on Grand Royal. And actually, I put the Grand Royal one on it because it has the song I Wish I Was Him, which he wrote about Evan Dando, and it also has the song Pop Queen on it. It's a killer 10-inch. That's on mine. Cool. 100% that's on mine. I've got some good ones here,
1: but I don't know if they would be my top. But there's some some really good 10-inches.
0: What's your opinion on what happens next 10-inch?
1: Don't have it. I've never been huge on that. It's not bad. I, I, it's fine.
0: I lo- it's, I love very time, definitely. it's very 10-inch. It's very 10-inch. Very 10-inch. Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: All right, listeners. Have you had enough of us flipping through a box of 10-inches? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: remember when you were like, hey, can we make this show shorter? And I'm just like, no, I'm just going to go through my 10-inches now, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, we love to put you over the coals, folks. Yeah. Well, that's why the, that's why the fast forward button. It's but really- I do
1: have a ten-inch box here, no joke, and I have one that I found at a, a a cardboard box that I found at a grocery store because it it just happened to fit ten inches perfectly, and I eyeballed it at a grocery store. <laughs> I brought it home, and I have so I've just enough where it's fitting it, and I dread if I ever reach the capacity because I don't th- think I'll find a box that ever fits them again.
0: Well. Now that we're going into box sizes, um, no, I, I was also going to say, I would like to say the Baseball Furies 10-inch would also be added to my list.
1: Yes, and since this also suits the uh topics. In Men Without
0: Hats, first 10-inch. First record <laughs> Men Without Hats, it was a 10-inch. Uh, CanCon, the,
1: Chris, CanCon. I know, I'm trying to think of other Canadian 10-inch, that's a good one. But um, uh, I was going to say, suits the topic of the show, but the Swing Kids split 10 inches also Pretty classic.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep, that's another one that we could put up on there too. Oh, oh, field trip over. Back. Uh, I'm sure there's more. Like, let send in more ten inches if you can think of other ones, people. Because yeah, we we got a few here. Some people
1: have sent it in. There's another message or okay. messages that we get that touch them on. Maybe, too, we'll, but, uh,
0: maybe we'll go back to flipping through our ten inches then. Because yes. like, now that we know that we can take our my mic on the road, Chris, I'm going to be going around to my records <laughs> and flipping through my <laughs> random voice on the show. I pulled the box over. That's how I did mine. But yeah. Um,
1: Dave, thank you for the message, though. We have another message from Danny in the UK. Uh, and this one relates to uh, – well, the subject is the punk rock nail bomb that is snuff. And he mentions uh, referencing the Zach Blair MVP episode. You mentioned one of the greatest bands of all time, Guns and Wankers. Uh, these guys are from, uh, are one of, sorry, these guys are one of the many, many bands spun out of Snuff, uh, the other greatest band of all time. And I believe Damien actually said the best Snuff band. I don't remember you
0: saying that. Did you think, say that? No, I don't think I said that.
1: Okay, so Damien refutes that. But either no, I, way. I, I
0: do like Guns and Wankers, and I do like th- that that I had that fat reissue thing that they did. Yeah. Uh, like Now I have the, now I have the seven inches. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I, I like, I'm a snuff over guns and wankers person. I think.
1: Yes. I, I, I feel the same as you there, but, uh, he mentions, he writes in and why I wanted to read this especially is because he goes into what I feel is like kind of the bread and butter of the show, which is the other groups that also spun off of snuff and or guns and wankers, and uh, he lists some of them here. Um, and one of them is a group called Dog Piss, which I don't know if you know this one. It's on Honest Dons as I well. remember Dog Piss.
0: Dog Piss is actually the only one I'm really familiar with.
1: Uh, okay. And it said they spun off of Guns and Wankers. There's another group called Your Mum, M-U-M, uh, on Rugger Bugger Records. Oh, and f- Fat Bob's record label. There you go. And another one, uh, Billy No Mates, uh, 10 Past 12 Records. I don't know. Again, I don't know these bands. I'm just kind of rattling off what they are. So if anyone out there is referencing this stuff. Um, Southport, which is another one, and they did stuff on various labels. So including Guns and Wankers, there's five snuff offspring kind of bands or however you want to say that. Um, But he also mentions that Mr. Duncan from Snuff has been in the Toy Dolls and Leatherface, which I wasn't aware of. And uh, also believe he wrote some songs for Schwarzenegger, which is the best crass band ever. This this art this person claims. I don't know that group. Do you know that group?
0: No, uh, I've definitely heard them, and I do not think they're better than Honey Bane. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> and uh, and so that was the reference for all those snuff groups. And then there's a bit more 10 inch uh, submissions here. But uh, if we want to pause for a moment, and you want to discuss your thoughts on snuff and or guns and wankers other than what you say no i i
0: yeah like i think i i agree that that snuff is one of those great bands that's incredibly underrated and i think did i discuss it on an episode with someone why they never became as popular here i believe
1: hearing something like that yeah Yeah, i think maybe aaron
0: from fat records when i talked to her
1: yeah, I believe they did come up. They came up definitely, I believe, on two episodes pretty in-depth on
0: one, some of those interviews. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know which. But um. but yeah, I love them and yeah, I would love to have them on the show. And I'm going to be in England next week. So if you know them, tell them uh, to the, the email me and I would love to figure a way to talk to them. Well, as this episode's coming out,
1: you'll be in England already, so that the opportunity may be missed, but it's, in the it's, meantime it's a closing window timing I think the you just you should just get on stage and solicit it immediately every night, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure your group would love that um but uh, what do we got here? they tuned me ten out, in- Chris they just tuned me out <laughs> uh, the ten inch submissions for this. And this is one I'm surprised you did not mention based on recent weeks. Uh, But I don't know if you own it or not. I don't. But Rancid,
0: let's go. Yeah, because I was thinking, was that a format or was that the format? That's a good question. I think we need to go to the
1: resource. So we will do that and check.
0: Because I definitely remember 10-inch on white vinyl. um, And if it is a 10-inch, because it's got to be a double 10-inch. There's no way that can fit on one 10-inch. I wouldn't think no. No, that uh, is that is the format.
1: What a bizarre choice. There was an LP released later, but the original release, you're right, from ninety four, it is oh no, that's not correct. No. It did come out as an LP picture disc as well. But it seems like the first, yeah, the first vinyl format was on ten uh, inch. Technically yeah. speaking. <laughs> and it is it is double ten inch though.
0: It's a double ten inch on white. Yeah. Yep, that's the first. That predates the picture disc. Well, it's saying
1: it's giving them both as ninety four, but yeah. I'm guessing picture disc stuff. If you think of of that group in this era, my guess is that it probably went well. with yeah. the sales of it, so they they did the picture disc. Because why would you put out the picture disc like out of the gate as well? well it doesn't well, make I mean, any sense.
0: A, a double ten inch is a weird thing to do too.
1: Yeah, you're right. Who knows but we're not sure but they did they did a repress of the 10-inch as well in 2004 along with an lp version so my guess is i'm going to just say we're going to officially say that let's go the 10-inch format is the format for that record
0: yep so i guess that would definitely be on
1: there if we're being sticklers um the other mentions here are the mr t experience uh big black bugs bleed blue blood and snuff potatoes and melons at wholesale prices direct to you the public and the one here i'm trying to think of what this one is because I, I don't
0: it came out like two whole... or three years ago and it was like a no effects inch that had nothing on it and it was like a, a like a quick drop type thing
1: this no effects one yeah it says no effects punk covers with no name self-titled i don't know that one so
0: that's a recent thing yeah, like two years ago, three years ago. Okay, that's why I don't know what that. I kind of want to. The- I kind of want see what it looks like. Because originally, when I
1: read this, I thought it, he was referencing the whole effects thing, but I forgot that that's a twelve-inch. Yeah, um, here it is. Inch. Self, tit- self entitled. Is that the one from? Yeah. Also,
0: like they released this as, as seven inches. They released it as a twelve-inch too. As a twelve-inch picture disc. Okay. Either way. Thank you for the
1: submission regarding snuff and all that and those 10 inch uh, submissions. So we're going to.
0: They do Agnostic Front. They do Friend or Foe by AF. They do IQ 32 by The Necros. They do Police Brutality by Urban Waste. They do Mental Breakdown by Social Unrest. No More Lies by Battalion of Saints. Uh, Say We Suck by Sin 34. Child uh, Hosts the Parasite, Rebel Truth. And Professional Punk by. Stretch marks. So Can Con makes it in. Nice. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a pretty good list. So that makes
1: the ten inch category list, possibly, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna make a list of this. Yeah, like but... I don't know
0: if I would put that on my <laughs> list of of uh, you know, it's cool that it's a cool song selection, but why like a little weird weird song selection. Kind of like like Weird. The stretch marks are kind of the only outlier on that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's got a
0: good array of stuff. Nefros, so I actually. I don't know. Yeah, but it's hard. Like, what would you like? You know, it's hard to pick six songs. You only have six punk covers that you get to do on a ten-inch. What do you Well, do? I mean, the, those two? might not be my choices, but there's good ones on there. Yeah, for sure. Or you have nine songs, Chris. Sorry, I apologize. You have nine songs you're allowed to pick. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know, because no, six is no effects. Chris, one last time, eight <laughs> songs. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening right now, to be honest. <laughs> I want you to pick eight goddamn punk songs, Chris. You want me to pick them
1: oh, right just, now? I don't actually have to oh, pick them. It's there. like I'm like off the top of my head right now. I no, I'm just saying that's
0: what it's hard. It's hard to pick eight. Like if you can only <laughs> well, pick eight songs.
1: And, yeah, and be in a band with everyone that wants to agree on all eight to do. That's the other pain in the behind. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, do you want to take this next message from Seth? Uh,
0: Sure do. Uh, Freaks and Geeks Punks episode from Seth F. Oh, this is one that gets my blood boiling. In reference to the recent discussion about punk in TV and movies, I was wondering if either of you have seen the punk episode of Freaks and Geeks. Episode 15, Noshing and Moshing. I'd forgotten all about the episode when I started rewatching it recently on Netflix. There's a lot of cringeworthy punk stuff. But I did find a young Seth Rogen dancing to Diesel Boy, I think. Yes, it is Diesel Boy. Pretty amusing, just wondering your thoughts. Thanks for the great podcast. Well, thank you, Seth. Uh, Yes, that is Diesel Boy, indeed, playing the punk band in that. And, uh, yeah, there's an amazing scene in it where, uh, what's his name, Jordan Capilano no, what? No, it's not Jordan Cavallone. What's the guy's name? The the love interest on that show? James Franco. James Franco. James Franco's character is uh, rocking out to Black Flag's "Damage," uh, like a year before it came out, two years before it came out. <laughs> based on the show, okay. Yeah, based on when the show takes place. Uh, but you know, I I love that show so much. So I I still think that episode's awesome. Even be I, I forgive it so much because i enjoy (laughs) the show but yeah it is like one of it's like your parents uh putting on a skit about punk at times
1: (laughs) yes like i don't i haven't watched it in a very long time but i don't remember yeah i don't remember anything about that specifically from the show but i
0: do like the show um i love when the the teacher sings at 18 by alice cooper when they go to the bar that night to see the band play Dude, I can't – I clearly have not watched this in a very long time, but I don't remember or the either. guidance, Sort of the guidance counselor singing it, but anyway. Hey, good song. Good song, good show. Strongly stand by it. Um, next email by Greg yes. H. Chris, do you want to take this one?
1: Yeah. It says, the appearance of punk and punk-adjacent musicians in cartoons, what you guys rattled off blew his mind – or blew my mind, he mentions here um, – to add to the Spongebob portfolio, season two features uh, – I can't remember what the episode says here. Anyway, uh, it mentions a Pantera reference into the, uh, regarding the show. Melvins were also featured in an episode of Cartoon Network's Uncle Grandpa where Buzz and Dale help a girl try to win a school talent show by performing <laughs> Choco Plumbing from Bases Loaded. And uh, Henry Rollins also mentioned again as a mad stan on Batman – the animated series, as well as voiceover work on Adventure Time. Uh, he mentioned some other shows here. The Rollins stuff
0: doesn't really – You gloss over Teen Titans. That's a good show, Chris. (laughs)
1: That's true. But I just mean the Rollins stuff is more uh, what you'd expect because he has done a lot of that kind of like acting and or whatever work Mm -hmm. over the years. But uh, Nickelodeon Yo Gabba Gabba was co-created by Christian Jacobs, lead singer of the Aquabats. I was not aware of that.
0: Yeah, that's Uh, why the Aquabats are like a touring band with them a lot these days.
1: Ah, cool. And his cousin, Scott Schultz. And lastly, uh, connecting the Jewish priest talk, the band was featured on a season, on a season 25 episode of the Simpsons. I think I vaguely recall that. Um, secondly, during the hundredth episode, Dave Martin mentioned his scared straight, ill repute show. This is, uh, the, the bread and butter of this, this, this message that I forwarded already to the interested parties. Uh, but, uh, Scales Street Show in Pittsburgh where the bands were robbed of their gear the next day attached is what I assume would be the flyer for that show. Since it's unlikely that unlikely that the two played together uh, played Pittsburgh together more than once, the date would be July 14th, 1985.
0: Whoa.
1: And uh it's got uh the flyer here, which is quite cool. We'll put it up again on the uh all of the places where you find our stuff. But uh yeah, it's a cool flyer. It's just like this, like cartoon band playing and moshing, and you know what you would expect of a punk '80s flyer, so to speak. I
0: think um, also that comes up on the Brian Walsby episode too, right? That that infamous.
1: Yeah, robbery. exactly, and yeah, that's why I think that's what we were referencing it when on we were the Dave Marwin, yeah. Yeah, so the uh, we'll put up the flyer. It's very cool, um, and the listener here also uh, has contributions for the ten-inch uh, format category. Uh, as a Cleveland hardcore fan, Damien specifically mentioning you, mm-hmm. uh, you failed to mention the amazing 10 inch Powerbomb I Anthems didn't. Volume 1.
0: I think by it's because Gordon of the. Sol-
1: Gordon I- Motherfuckers. Sorry, go on.
0: No, no. I think I, I don't know why, but I always just associate them more with the 7 inch. But yeah, that 10 inch fucking rules.
1: Yes, cool band. Agreed, also. I don't own it, but cool band. Um. And finally, Macho Man Randy Savage from episode 101. Have either of you heard his rap album, Be A Man? And if so, what do you think about it? I have not. Damien? Oh, Mike. Yeah, you got to hear
0: it, Chris. He calls out Hulk Hogan in a rap diss song. <laughs> okay. I don't uh, – Be A Man Hulk. <laughs> nice. Um, it's cool. Like, it, like, like uh, you know, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage – Clearly, Macho Madness was not just a gimmick. It was <laughs> no. it was very close to – use a close-to-the-edge kind of person. But, like, you know, I think that's the thing that came across in that MVP episode, hopefully, with him, too, is that he seems like he had a, a really amazing side to him, too, you know, and, like, a really – you know, he was a very passionate person who took a lot of stuff, I think, on the chin. But at the same time, you know, like, you know, with MVP – Kind of took him under his wing, you know, and he was a big star, you know, like he's like, that's the thing is like Macho Man, you know, maybe other than like Hulk, there's very few wrestlers that are that sort of universally known or like, you know, regarded. So the fact that he just like took a liking in this young, you know, ex-con turned wrestler is just like i think just speaks to the fact that he did have this side to him that was like a a really sweet good side so i do like his rap album you know it's <laughs> i'm not saying i'm listening to it all the time but you know it 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 wasn't like you know what i'll definitely say this it's definitely not the most embarrassing wrestling rap thing ever done by a long shot
1: I don't know. What are you referencing? Why can't I think of this? What are you referencing? There's
0: lots of stuff that's like, you know, just, you know, like a lot of uh, wrestlers that have rapped. There's some wrestlers that are really good rappers too. Not saying that wrestlers aren't good rappers sometimes, but, you know, there's definitely like, you know, some, some not so good rap stuff that has been done over the years. Well, there you go. I don't know.
1: I, I don't know the uh, I don't know where to go with that one up for you. I, I don't. Know. You don't have to go
0: anywhere, Chris. We can just move <laughs> on.
1: All right. Um, what was the next message here? That was at the end of the of that message. So,
0: yes, uh, you want to take it? Sure. Mainstream acceptance of punk bullying black album. I thought your section on the MVP Blair footnote where you talked about pushback from high school peers and how it went away with Nevermind was very interesting. I was thinking about that in contrast to my own punk coming of age in the mid-2000s where you had stuff like My Chemical Romance, American Idiot, or all the weak victory record stuff uh, of the era blowing up in a big way. Whereas this grunge stuff, it sounds like normies embraced it. Me and my friends at the time were called emo- homophobic slur and routinely given shit um, when we were just punk kids wearing minor threat shirts and studded belts. While the fashion slash music of the popular third wave emo stuff wasn't my thing. I do think there's a big pushback from normal people who saw it as being gay or demonic. I guess the flannel and jeans of grunge is an easier pill to swallow than guys in mascara and skinny jeans. By the time I hit high school, and was a hardcore punk kid. I didn't care what people thought, like Damien said. But yeah, I thought it'd be worth sending in a message since Chris said he wasn't sure about how it was with kids now, since we're all pretty far, you're all pretty far removed from that thing. Uh, sort of leave you all a novel. Um, but uh, anyway, I think uh, and then also something about the black album, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but let's talk about this first. Yeah, like I think that's a big thing. Like you know, I didn't experience it. I wasn't in high school at the time. Uh, I certainly read about what happened in Mexico with emo kids. I don't know that. What, what are you referencing? Like, and it was like, it became like emo kids were like targeted. You really? Know, like assaulted and stuff like that. And I think you definitely witnessed it here in Toronto. I'm, I'm lying when I say that, like you didn't see that, but like, you know, emo bands were targeted by hardcore bands too. And harassed by hardcore bands. You know,
1: I could see in that regard. Yeah. I thought you meant it was something like the, the thing, the other thing you're referencing though, what you're talking about, like serious, like,
0: uh, Oh, that, in, in, in Mexico. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was like, I think people were, I don't know if people were murdered, but people were definitely physically assaulted very violently wow. and stuff like, and it was on uh, mass and became a big thing. Um, but yeah, like I think, you know, obviously, know, obviously, but people are, when they have their sexuality threatened and, and the heterosexual male has the most fragile sense of self and sexuality, um, especially apparently in the teenage years. And unfortunately that means anytime they have something that they interpret as challenging them in any way they lash out. And, uh, that does not go away with music trends, I guess
1: no I, I don't i I want to mention as well when I was talking about we were talking about things last week I don't want to minimalize that I think that like that kind of uh treatment is like has gone away because you don't have such polarized differences anymore yeah. it, it obviously it still exists very much i don't i i didn't and I don't believe that this person was applying that anyway but um but yeah regardless i am you know not familiar, but yeah, it's crazy to think that that kind of thing still happens uh in that manner. I'm not surprised to hear it, sadly, but yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. See, it's weird for me because I I traveled with, uh, you know, sort of surrounded by the groups, some of the groups that you kind of mentioned here. And so I remember seeing younger people coming to those, like, gigs and having to work them. But I never, um, I don't know, like I never saw any of the, I guess, whatever the, I don't know what you want to say. Like, I, I never saw the hazing, but obviously, of course, there was like resistance to it from different types of groups in different areas, or, or however you want to say it. But.
0: Well, well, I guess it was also like those shows were probably safe spaces for these kids too, right? Yeah, like- that, that's exactly actually what I mean
1: to say. But the but I didn't see any incidents either where there was anything like outside of a show happening around or anything like that. Fortunately, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's it is a weird difference in time, and I think it's it's like kind of cyclical because even when you think of something like he mentions the uh, like the skinny jeans and the mascara thing. Like that kind of stuff is even linked to like mod stuff, original mod stuff. So it's funny to think that like it coming around again in a different variation, you know, like whatever, 30 years later, 40 years later, whatever it would be, it's still getting flack. But I think it's for the reasons like you said, not for just like a, whatever a, – like the social norm doesn't go away.
0: Yeah, just and I be- think – and I think in a lot of times – sorry, at least in what I've witnessed with some of these incidences of people being – or bullying and stuff like that. And it, it – these kids were listening to punk that were bullying at this point. Like I think that was the shift. Like I'm not saying everyone that listened to punk was cool and got into it was cool. But it was like there were definitely – you know, I think the, the thing that had changed was these people weren't necessarily driving – you know, Trans Ams and listen to Trans Am rock anymore. They were like listening to quote unquote punk stuff and hating on the emo kids, or listening to quote unquote metal stuff and hating on the emo kids too, right? So I think that was kind of the shift that I was hinting at last week that I was with what we we're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's coming from their own, so to speak, rather than
0: the outside world necessarily. What, well, and I think just the outside world changed, right? Like the like the mainstream music became. Grunge.
1: Yeah, that's true. Actually, I I do think you're correct there. So that, yeah. So then, in turn, now you're, yeah. It's like that. um, The paradigm shift happens, and then that that becomes a norm, and then that now (laughs) has resistance to whatever new is coming
0: around or something that that's odd. Like, I wonder if you get bullied by indie rock kids (laughs) because it's like the mainstream rock music at this point. Could
1: be. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) anyway uh i do think it's a valid point thank you for writing that but he has another uh submission here with regards to the black album
0: mm-hmm, which is chris this is hey. your this is the nerve so we got to watch out everyone chris might explode <laughs> also the black album is in general pretty cringy for the song though the never kind of rips do you agree chris it's it's through the never oh, sorry through uh, the never I do
1: not agree at all. It does not rip. Nothing on that record rips. Whoa. I respect your opinion, but I vehemently disagree. Uh, and just as a point of note, I've been given plaudits <laughs> by people since that rant happened, both in person and online here. So just want to say that it feels pretty good sometimes to uh, have people like-minded out there <laughs> that get me on that one. Anyway.
0: Yeah, also uh, Lars called and said he's never coming on the podcast, so there's that <laughs> too.
1: <laughs> well if Lars listens to footnotes then uh I would probably gain a higher opinion of him certainly but uh uh I think he to be fair I think he would be an amazing interviewer. Oh, he would he I
0: think he <laughs> is one of those people that probably knows like way too much about music. Like he just seems like he was like the the nerd about about metal. Totally.
1: I I, I envision you guys talking about like
0: crossover stuff
1: and like obscure like norwegian like you know like crossover and or thrash bands.
0: Is it in America's hardcore that they have that story where he's like I think it's him uh where he take where or no, no where he's taken to see Black Flag at CBGBs by AOD? I and
1: recall it, an anecdote but I don't know if it And he's like that. yelling yeah. play
0: <laughs> faster at them.
1: <laughs> I do I don't remember that part of it but yeah I, I do recall I think there was uh, – yeah, it might be in that book. I can't exactly. remember.
0: Either way, that story is amazing. Uh, either way, if that story is not true. just Let's all just pretend it is. <laughs> true. <laughs> Speaking of stuff that's unbelievable and amazing, there's also one final point. Lastly, contrary to Chris being modest, <laughs> he is a totally vital part of what makes this show rad, even if Damien said fuck Urban Blight on stage in Richmond. Ha ha. <laughs> I did. I did indeed. Fuck (laughs) Beave. Fuck Urban Blight. Because Beave disrespected the rough mix of Hidden World 10 years ago. So (laughs) that's how it has to be. Um, And uh, having a counterpoint to Damien's big personality makes for great conversations. There you go. That's because Chris plays a baby face on the air. But believe me, he's (laughs) all heel when this mic's not on.
1: I tend to agree with you to a degree there, to be honest. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. I'll take it. I don't know what else to say because I feel awkward
0: taking it. But anyway. Well, that's that's all you can do, Chris. Speaking of awkward, <laughs> now, now we're going to go and enjoy something. This was tweeted to me by Zach, uh, Zach R. Um, he said in response to this week's episode, uh, he had to send this in. And this is... In response to the Jeff Rickley episode, do we even say that we're talking about the Jeff Rickley episode? We haven't really yet because we haven't got into it, but wow. I have mentioned it. It's okay, been passing a couple times. Okay, good. Okay, well, I, 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 I don't think I had mentioned it yet. So, anyway, that's what we'll be talking about. Chris, have you gone to this link yet? Let's open up this link in our browsers, my friend. I'm just checking it now, and uh, okay. So, for the people
1: that are not aware, it's on. It's a Twitter mention to Damien of. Uh, It says, uh, Jeff Rickley episode led me to the greatest of all time band bio, and it is a Victory Records Baby Gopal band bio on their website. Yeah, so you go to
0: Victory Records and look up Baby Gopal, you'll get this unbelievable uh, band bio. Chris, will you be so kind as to read this bio? (laughs) Okay.
1: I've I've never wanted to do anything more in my life, yes. Uh, Baby Gopal was always an interesting band from the start, fronted by Australian-born singer-slash-guitarist. I don't know how to pronounce this. Sri Kaseva? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, who is also the wife of frontman Ray Capo of the legendary punk band Youth It Today. That's in brackets. Uh, the band fused Harry Krishna dogma, dogma-laced lyrics with a melt of hardcore and pop punk to astonishing results. The music is endlessly catchy, and Sri's beautiful voice will keep you captivated like... A siren from wire to wire. What? I don't okay. Know. Uh, the amazing album was sadly overlooked in 1996 because of another similar girl power band. In quotes, uh, that was already ripping up the charts. You might have heard of them, no doubt. Anyone? Question uh, mark. If you're a fan of Gwen, however, you will probably also enjoy the sound of Baby Gopal. Sri now records her own. On her own, pardon me, Baby Gopal later signed to Tommy Boy in 1998 before breaking up shortly thereafter but the original Baby Gopal albums are some of her best work to date. Do we credit the person who wrote that <laughs>
0: publicly? Well, I, think, to- I, I honestly looked into this because I'm like, if this is a music writer, i got to read all this person's stuff. <laughs> um, and I think it's actually, I think Victory's just cribbed it from an Amazon review.
1: Okay, fair enough. But, uh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, and if I'm you've never heard of Baby any- Gopal, they sound like they, – they sound as much like No Doubt as Slayer does. <laughs> like in in yeah. like an opposite way. Like they make No Doubt sound like Slayer to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's – it's. It, I, I, re- I just recall it in passing. It's not my cup of tea and I never enjoyed it when it came out. I would be lying if I said – if I heard more than like, I don't know, half a song. But uh, – yeah, that cover artwork is painful as well, to be fair. But anyway, I can't I, believe they signed a to Tommy Boy in 98. I wasn't aware of that.
0: Yeah, whoever. well, that A&R person probably got fired. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> no you, know what'd be, you know what would be an amazing drinking game if either one of us drank? Every time you don't recognize a Victory Records band on the scroll, you have to take a shot. Which scroll are you looking oh, Terror. at? Terror. This is oh. the first time I wouldn't have to drink. <laughs> like It's just like these bands. There's one that was called like something in the bear, like Abandon in the bear. Yeah, I don't know. There's this is band that's got like a converged logo ripoff and they're called conveyor.
1: Yeah, I got that one earlier too and I was confused for a moment. Neurotic November. <laughs> anyway All right, baby Lizard gopal what? bio is incredible um I get I don't know if it's an official bio but that yeah I'm well, never uh, getting those those seconds or minutes of my life back and uh but I I actually love that someone sent that in that is right on oh yeah and, and also
0: I, now that we're here Chris I also wanted to show you if you scroll down on this baby gopal page of course you can buy the record on a lot of different colors of vinyl <laughs> um, black and pink I think I'm wondering if this is still original pinks from the first pressing <laughs> uh yeah, without being too disrespectful, I would think that's probably accurate, <laughs> but which means uh, that this record, like I gotta look this up let's let, either that or they repressed it, which is even more nuts. <laughs>
1: Oh, the cover of this record is so bad. And I say that about a lot of records that we talk about on this show. This might be the top terrible cover art that I've ever – that's a category actually that we should do, but I think it's a scathing one, so we might avoid that. But if anyone wants to send them to me privately, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that stuff. Anyway great uh, mention and thank you for saying nope. that
0: Zach and clear. also if you read that when the pink vinyl press Chris you're limited to two copies and any more will be <laughs> refunded <laughs> Oh, I would just love someone
1: to order like 200 just put an order for 200 and then reject
0: see if they refund it I kind of think they won't <laughs> Guaranteed, I don't think you might still be able to get it.
1: <laughs> oh boy. This is nerd humor. If there ever was nerd humor. <laughs> and if you, if anyone hasn't heard this band, that's what makes it kind of funnier, I guess in context, but without being too disrespectful, <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right. You got Twittered,
0: tweeted, whatever by someone else, Nick V.
1: One and, second, because
0: uh, I'm in the victory records, clear out section. They've got a discount <laughs> section. That's, Pretty good, oh, <laughs> you can get an even score seven inch, oh, <laughs> uh, but once again, this is limited two per household. Additional vinyl <laughs> copies will be removed from your order. Oh my, I think What's honestly, the this two? even score seven inch might be pressed in an edition of something like like three hundred two to begin <laughs> with.
1: I don't understand this idea of, like, the... I get it for certain things, the two-per-order thing, but, like, some of this stuff, there's no way that there should be a limit on it if someone wants to order, like, five or ten. Yeah, like... Like, oh,
0: what the f... Uh, like, I don't even know... Okay, maybe they repressed the even score of 7-inch and someone hasn't even bothered putting it on Discogs. I don't know. That's your that's your territory there on that one, man. Chris, holy! Well, let's place an order right now. I'm wanting to place for you want six hundred of these even score seven inches.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. There's nothing I want more.
0: Yeah. After my two baby gopals on the first order, yeah. There's only thirteen left of the pink even score seven inch, Chris. <laughs> I think, though, to
1: be fair, the good thing about you and I is we could both order separately so we could get at least four. Baby boom, older.
0: boom. Now you're thinking. Baby. Now yeah. you're thinking, Chris. Brilliant. Yes. I can't believe even score. It's just it exists in the same world as all these bands that come up on this Victory Record scroll. I want to start something here. Uh, listeners, if you're really dedicated and you go up to Damien and
1: you want to meet him at shows and whatnot – I think that's great. But what I think should start happening and it should be like a campaign on like Instagram or one of these like photo kind of sites or whatever is that if you bring the Baby Gopal record (laughs) to shows, Damien will sign copies of of the Baby Gopal record. So I encourage anyone to go buy these records and have Damien sign them if you meet him in person at these concerts.
0: And I encourage people to come (laughs) to these shows and bring weed yes both and just come bring with both, yeah like uh, a baby gopal record will be fine to take a photo with i'm very happy to do that but if you have weed and you want to bring it bring that too <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway okay <laughs> last message uh uh hey uh sorry this is from uh Nick v hey wondering if you're ever gonna revisit the best anti-police songs in punk uh, And yes, we will, Nick, but not tonight because we are like over an hour in and we're not even into the – we're like almost two hours in, sorry, I should say, and yeah. we're not even into the footnotes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like three files I'm going to have to put together to make this thing happen this week. All right. Well, let's get into
1: the episode then. We will do it, uh, Nick, though. We do have them mm-hmm. still, and uh, it will be a thing. To also placate everybody out there, um, we're going to do the comp stuff still as well. Um, it's just a matter of sitting down to have the time to do it. I'm trying to have us aim to do it around the Christmas time, so to speak, so we can give some, like, you know, give like a, I don't know, some kind of a year-end sort of thing with it. Okay. Anyway.
0: That's a good idea. We can, yeah. You know, we've just, we're we're all recovered from our episode 100 hangovers, and <laughs> yeah. so we'll be ready for another party come December. Totally. Uh, let's get into the Jeff Rickley's episode of Turned Out a Punk. Chris, I love this episode. Yeah, I thought it was
1: really like the thing I liked most about it was I like when any episode is someone that I'm vaguely familiar with in some regard and I don't have, you know, a great idea of like what they're about. Mm-hmm. And then I hear the episode and then it's like, they're such like a music person or whatever that their, their tail kind of blows me away. But the thing I liked was it was, you know, he's exact, the exact age of me and you, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so a lot of it obviously hit home in terms of like eras and what have you. But, uh, he also like, yeah, you, you you're talking about earlier with them, like the idea of him being so into things at an early age because his parents were bringing him to stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm hugely envious of those people having that opportunity. Anybody that does, But, uh, yeah, you're, I don't know. It's a good one. I I did not expect this to go where it went when this interview started. I'll I'll put it to you that way.
0: Yeah, like that was the thing. I think we really got, you know, to, like, I, I, you know, like that goes to show I didn't, I don't know what I expected when I went into this, but Jeff is one of those people that has, obviously, from starting incredibly young with unbelievably cool parents, a, deep deep depth of music knowledge and and stuff that he was into and and definitely pursued all this stuff too.
1: Yeah, I thought like there was a lot of little nuanced things he touched on like I really relate. I think he liked he mentioned the wax track stuff a lot of that I really like as well. Mm-hmm. Um it was funny that when he brought up Skinny Puppy you didn't bang home that they were a Canadian group because we tend to love to hammer on about Canadian groups on this whole format. Yeah, but.
0: you're right. I should have because they are definitely I don't know. Maybe it's just because like they weren't really my thing. I just don't think about it enough.
1: They're not your world, so to speak. But I I think like if you're talking about the the importance of groups that like that transcend the fact that, you know, like some Canadian groups don't get the the credence they they deserve or whatever. Like that's definitely one for me that's, you know, arguably there would be like no Nine Inch Nails or something like that without that group. So that's what I meant in in referencing it. But – Um, But yeah, just all really cool. I liked his whole story. It was amazing. But I don't know. What point do you want to uh, start off with here?
0: Why don't you take the first point, Chris? I I can go any number of places. If you you want me to take it, I can take it.
1: No, no. uh, There was one thing I wanted to touch on. He brought it up. It's not listed here, but he was mentioning something. Uh, I cannot remember. If you got something, go on it. I don't copy. I, I
0: would say, like the first thing I want to talk about is going to Slayer and the Bad Brains with your mom and dad at like eight years old. What yeah. that show would have been like in New York? <laughs> in yeah, that time period. And it's insanely. Like, it's a
1: good period of time too. Did he? I, I'm guessing it was Eye Against Eye era. Maybe a little
0: later than that. Uh, yeah. Like I think he said he was. It was '88, right? '87 or '88.
1: Yeah, so it sounds about right, unless my my years are off with Bad Brains here, but I think it should be about that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and you know, with Slayer too, that is a double bill. That oh, of- Slayer would have been incredible.
1: Actually, I'm too early on. That would have been
0: quickness. Yeah, that record
1: rules as well. So that that's a great. Yeah, that's still for me. Like Bad Brains were amazing I, into the '90s, but like I think that. That quickness record, you know, stylistically is a little different than the earlier stuff, of course. But um, yeah, amazing time to see them. Slayer, you would have had two. That would have been probably South of Heaven, maybe. Mm -hmm. Trying to look it up here real quick. But uh, the, yeah, so it's just insane. But the fact that his parents were that interested in music to go watch groups like that in that time period.
0: Well, yeah, South of Heaven at one. His parents both still sound like they're down with music, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. His
1: stories of like his dad telling him he went to see... Candiria. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. There was another one he mentioned too. I can't remember what it was. But uh, yeah, very funny. But um, I don't know, man. Like there's so much to touch on here. You, you mentioned so many groups in the... Uh, off the top. I guess what I want us to... I got a point. I got a point if uh, going off this one. But yeah, Slayer, Slayer Bad Brains, I have not seen either band live actually now i think about it which is kind of sad. never seen either band? Nope, never. And i've liked both bands for quite a while. But yeah. uh Slayer especially like i've liked Slayer longer than the Bad Brains, but i've just never seen them Slayer had opportunities but they always played big shows here. I think the only time i really wanted to see them the most was when i was the youngest. It was some oh some crazy tour that had some f- weird name. But it was like Slayer Anthrax and Megadeth i think. It came around in like 90, I'm going to say two or mm-hmm. something like that. It had some weird name. I can't remember what the tour was. But anyway, I really wanted to see them then. And then every other time, it was like the shows were bigger. And yeah, I don't know. I wasn't as. I don't really like to go to big metal shows or something that's not my bag. So I sent I them with, I thought I saw them with Sick of It All when they came that time. Yeah, like, that's so weird. I remember that show, too. I just think that's a weird lineup. Yeah, that it was a song. weird I was like, show. I don't really care to go to it. But, yeah, anyway, great bands. I don't um, don't begrudge either, but I've never seen either. I could have seen Bad Brains late. I just didn't. Or I, I guess I theoretically still can. But, uh, anyway, yeah.
0: I saw Bad Brains, but, yeah, definitely it was post-reconciliation with HR in the 2000s. Um, and then I saw, I've seen Slayer you know once again kind of from that point on to this point just because of random tours and festivals like i don't know 20 30 times now 20 times maybe yeah Uh,
1: i I think for me my adolescent mind really relates to both these bands so my sort of if i didn't see them say before or sort up until like 92 then i'm kind of like "Eh, i don't need to see them like that was the time i wanted to see them would have been like you know late 80s to like early 90s and then I miss my window, so I'll just accept that I will never see them.
0: Yeah, like I, you know, there's also all the legends of HR, you know, putting on that show, right? The show of the lifetime again, and you know, I would still love to see him. Kind of, not, not. He doesn't have to go do flips in the crowd or something, but just like kind of, kind of like trying, you know? Yeah, again. yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm content with the fact that. I've got the footage. You know, I can watch that 79 video <laughs> yeah. or that 82 video anytime I want and see probably the greatest live band ever. Yeah,
1: I would not uh, I would not argue that. I mean, he definitely was the, for me, one of, I don't know, I, it's hard to think of a better front person, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but I never saw both those bands. I couldn't imagine seeing them with my parents to this day. I think it'd be very weird, but, um, but yeah, envious for sure.
0: Yeah. And then also his mom, you know, Robert Smith, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, confused, uh, for a partner. <laughs> Agreed. That was
1: amazing too. I thought it was funny that like, what would the scenario have been that the paparazzi ended up like catching a photo of them both together? That's the funny bit like just read a random gig that where they met them or yeah i think it
0: was like a big like at some of these shows like these big outdoor ones in new york they you know just like i guess it was pre blog but like i guess it probably wasn't pre blog but like they would have various websites just send photographers to document cool people hanging out backstage
1: I couldn't see, though, like when he mentioned that, was it when Thursday had already gotten to the point where they had come to see like Thursday and they happened to meet him? Or no, was Thursday
0: this... was opening for The Cure. Thursday oh, opened okay.
1: for The Cure on a tour. That was the context of it. Yeah. Okay, Because so I was like, that seems like a strange story if it was like earlier. But OK, that makes sense then. But uh, either way, it's hilarious and bizarre. But yeah, the uh, that's crazy. to think they opened for The Cure. Anyway, yeah, Weird. I do not like you don't realize that band seemed to get very like Thursday seemed to get very big. Admittedly, I'm not terribly familiar with really any of their stuff, but um, but I do remember seeing the name everywhere and seeing their band. Like when I was working doing that, um, I, the, what I sort, sort of sucks now is we, there was definitely at least a couple of shows that uh that we were sort of on bills with or what have you. And so now it sucks that I never got to have a chat with him because he seems to have like like a lot of stuff that's right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so, you still might, Chris. Yeah. Why is that? Well, because Jeff uh, is going to be doing uh, part twos, and you know he's part of the family now. I think I figure like anyone who's been on this show becomes part of this family. Oh, I thought you were. I agree with you. I just thought you were <laughs> you were going to pull
1: out some like fantastical thing I wasn't aware of of like well, we're playing a show, you know,
0: blah, blah, blah. And, and you'll meet him. And
1: I'm like, oh, okay.
0: That's what I thought you meant. <laughs> but okay, well, anyway. Okay, maybe I'm not that good, Chris. Maybe I should. Have... <laughs> hey, I'm not disappointed. No, but you will meet him. I'm sure that you will because it'll be, either, you know, just it's going to happen at some point, I'm sure. Because, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was talking to him. I'm like, this guy's got the exact same taste in music as Chris pretty much. Like a not exactly. Like, I think, like, yeah. some of your hardcore stuff's different, obviously. And you go, I think, a little yeah. more for that 82 kind of pocket that I'm and and probably the Japanese stuff you like's a little bit different. Yeah. You're, you're he, an Envy fan, right?
1: And which, sorry?
0: Envy? Are you a big Envy fan? Not really. Like I, it's fine.
1: I don't have any yeah. problem with it, but I'm not a gigantic fan of it. There's a few things he mentioned that I'm familiar with that I've never had like any major thing for. Like he mentions heroin. As well, he mentions. Uh, See, I love
0: heroin. You don't like heroin that much?
1: No, no, heroin's fine. I've just never got. Let's referring to the band. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> anyway, no, yeah but um, same here. <laughs> but the uh, he mentioned another one of those groups that kind of come up in that vein. I cannot recall. Anyway, that stuff is all fine. I've just never. I'd be lying if I said I like got majorly into any of that mm-hmm. stuff. I never did. Um, but all those groups are cool. He mentioned a lot. I do like. I thought it was cool when he was talking about like the crazy show stories that he had, that stabbing story is also crazy. But the, uh, the Fugazi, the, him experiencing the Fugazi thing uh, in contrast to all that stuff I found was an interesting story as well. And he saw them, he said he saw them in in the kill taker, which is a good record. Um, I don't know. I just, the whole thing was kind of cool. I I liked that whole, there was one, what was the show he said he felt like it was a religious experience seeing? I believe that's how you put it. Oh, it was Ink and Dagger. Uh-huh. Sorry, we'll talk uh-huh. about that for sure. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, was it my point now or your point? What are we doing here? Well, I think we were just kind of like going. We are just, just riffing, Chris. Okay. That's- Let's riff. So I brought it up already in the 10-inch thing, but I feel it needs to be talked about because for me, I really like this band, and I think they've been – I think for a minute it was like really not in vogue to like them, which in hindsight makes me like them even more. But – um. Like, it was, it was really invoked to like them, then it wasn't anymore, and now they seem to be kind of forgotten to the sands of time. But, uh, Dead Guy, Mm -hmm. who are a group I like, um, and you've sort of mentioned you liked, I I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the contentious last recording, which was in 96, Screaming with the Dead Guy Quintet, which came out on 10 Inch on the infamous Victory Records, of course. Um, I love this, this recording. home of Abandon the Bear. <laughs> yes, but I love this recording. I, I, to me, I never understood people like tripping about it other than it's horrific artwork. Um, but yeah, like for me, I, I might even like this the most. I do like those early seven.
0: Oh, that's part. I would not go that far for me, but I want to hear lay out your argument.
1: Well, song for song, I'd be hard to like tell you which. I just mean, I, I remember like this record, I haven't listened to these records in a good while. But I definitely like it more than Fixation, for sure. What? But the first okay. two 7-inches... First two seven, Like, Fixation's a great record. Don't get me wrong. I like all these. But um, the first two 7-inches have a special something to them for me. But Fixation as an overall LP, for me, it's a little long. I think that's why I like Screaming, because it's a shorter... Almost like that, that time piece is good. Um, But anyway, yeah. I've just never been a fan of the vocals that much on the 10-inch... See, I think for me, it's because it's recorded by, uh, I believe it's recorded by the Today's the Day, guy. Yeah, who, yeah. Whose name escapes me at the moment? Steve Austin. Uh, Steve Austin. There we go. Yes, and it is, or whatever, produced by the I other know.
0: Stone Cold.
1: <laughs> yes, and in this era of, of like even Today's the Day and those kind of bands, I really like that era of them. So, his influence, I think, I enjoy. Whereas, I think maybe some other people's in like don't like that as much as the previous anyway i just think they're a great band and i think that um for whatever reason they've bizarrely kind of not Mm -hmm. come back around in terms of being uh whatever held up as much as i feel they should be or should have been
0: yeah well i guess it's i don't know it's weird like what gets popular and what's not popular at any given time and what people go back to and and end up thinking is cool versus what they don't think is cool because yeah that band was always very progressive as far as like pushing music into a different place hardcore wise and i love that early stuff so much um that i don't think i can share your opinion as strongly on the 10 inch but uh the 10 inch isn't that bad like especially now i go back and i listen to it i'm like this isn't bad at all like at the time i was kind of like a little dismissive of it but no fair enough We all grow up chris we all grow up (laughs)
1: but uh, I thought it was cool that he was mentioning them in relation to that scene and the whole kind of like the, the bands that were coming out of that era. But that for me was for, for the listeners, I guess what I'm mentioning for is for the listeners that are not terribly familiar with this group. If there's say you're younger or what have you, I think uh, if you're into that kind of noisier uh, element within punk and hardcore, arguably a little bit of metal influence as well. Um, this is a group well worth checking out in my opinion and is the best group related to this group um i do like kiss it goodbye as well but i think this is the kind of the band to to really pay attention to in my opinion
0: i love that kiss it goodbye stuff but yeah like i think for me uh the you know the the first lp and the singles kiss it goodbye definitely too Um, there's like, I, I love that. So that whole scene's kind of been forgotten. Like that kind of noise rock post hardcore, noisy, hardcore stuff. It's like a a real kind of moment in time. It's, I think the strange
1: thing is there was, there was definitely groups that came out of it that seemed to kind of, I don't know how big these groups are still, but seemed to be getting bigger for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if, um, Trying to think of how to phrase this. I think it kind of morphed into something different, in a way, and I think that that's where this kind of stuff went. And and I think it just kind of lost all of the, I don't know, oh. connection to whatever hardcore or punk, however you want to broadly categorize it. Um, if you look at like a group for me, another one that kind of came out, and I don't know how close this is geographically, other than it being in New Jersey, but um, Dillinger Escape plans seem to get pretty big, and or are still going, I think. And, I don't know. I don't have a lot of familiarity to me. Some of it got a little too uh, metal is the wrong word, but whatever. It is just not what it was. So maybe that's where it went into. I don't know.
0: I guess also converge could kind of be seen as like an, yep. a little bit of that scene too, like more yeah, hardcore. Good call. Um, but definitely from dead guy. Um, and converge, you know, I think that band has always been, I, I love that band. So I think they're definitely, uh, you know, like a uh, one of the more progressive sides of that stuff. Coalesce also got really popular, and that was kind of like I guess tinge gently connected to that scene.
1: Yeah, I think these are all all good calls. Yeah, the um, but I think yeah, there's something about it that that seemed to change from what the Jeff is speaking about in that specific
0: window. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it lost, I don't know how to categorize it. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say to me, it kind of lost the dirty punk side. A little bit, you know, like there's like a, I think you're correct. That Noisville stuff has like a real kind of seediness to it.
1: I think as well, um, sort of the the. the <laughs> it's not to say that they were directly linked. Some of these groups, but some were, I guess, in some roundabout ways. But like the kind of heart attack background of these these things seemed to like go away. Mm-hmm. And it because it was shaped by like a mini era or however you want to say. Uh, it. So
0: uh, well, I guess with more of the San Diego stuff. I was sort of thinking more of like the a uh, g- dead guy helmety kind of world. I guess, but uh,
1: all, all the kind of I, I
0: envision that in the same window. But you are right. It is, I suppose, a separate. I don't thing. know. I, but you know, like we're. I think we're trying to apply like a genre to something that was just very amorphous to begin with. Yes. Well um, said. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I, if I could go to the next point, Heckle.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Heckle. I was amazed that this came up to the degree that it did in this interview. And I, did he mention
0: it or did you bring it up? Uh, he brought it up. He, went the, he said Heckle's Garage was like a, a key venue. In oh, that's the, right. That's for right. Him. And seeing yeah, Heckle. Yeah, like.
1: I have the. Uh, I'd be lying if I said like I can really remember. I remember thinking this this group was all right. I haven't listened to these records in a long time, but uh, the complicated futility of ignorance. Um, I definitely. I, I may even still own it. I don't know, but yeah, that's a record I was familiar with. I don't know. I don't think I know the first one, but um, yeah, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on Heckle? Other than I, I never got to see them. Oh, I got to see them. Mm-hmm
0: you did with was it dbs or was it uh no when i got to see them they played here with uh uh, the greatest hardcore punk band of all time (laughs) Jughead's revenge (laughs) oh yes oh that is a group that we don't
1: talk about enough and there is of course the infamous heckle jugheads uh split on hopeless nitro from 97 which we've discussed on this show before
0: heckle is kind of like uh i'm sorry Jughead's revenge is the poison idea of pop punk
1: Yes, exactly. I think you said that before and it's perfect. Yeah. It
0: is perfectly stated.
1: And uh, and I would have to, again, I'd be lying if I said to listen to any of those records in, in like at least 15 years-ish, but um, I'd be well well able to revisit some of that stuff and oh, see yeah. how, how much it really <laughs> lines up that way. But uh Heckle, I remember, I don't know, in my mind I place them as like a group like uh I'm trying to think of the way to put it. like like I've like were they kind of like
0: a jokey? Or is that am I thinking of a different group? Uh no, they weren't really jokey. They had um it was kind of like you know, pop punk informed hardcore or poppy bended hardcore they had like kind of oi song dual vocals on some stuff uh i guess maybe the litter box split maybe that's why you think they're kind of like zany because yeah i i don't that's that's kind of how i remember them in my
1: mind but i don't remember being like put off by them but I, I just i for some reason thought they were more i'm not saying they were something like gutter mouth or something but they were definitely you know more like that than i don't know like propaganda or something to me in my mind
0: it's so weird that their first release was the split with AFI, and they were on Wingnut Records, which is, I guess, out of Berkeley, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, um, I wonder how that all came to be, because they're a New Jersey band.
1: Well, he said, did he not mention something about the fact that those Bay Area groups were coming around, and he was first seeing that stuff at the Garage? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it you're right, right.
0: Yeah. yeah. A friendship-type thing. Also Wingnut Records um from what I've heard maybe not the most um <laughs> allegedly uh with the accounting for some of these bands but they put out like a their rosters pretty nuts. Yeah,
1: they put out a lot more records than I thought they had as well. When I'm looking at it now, I thought it was like I had originally thought cuz they put out what the first AFI, correct? I believe. They put out the first 2 AFI's. Oh, sorry, the- yeah, the but the LPs, right? Because I don't think yeah. – if I have any singles before that, I can't remember.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a split. They had another – yeah, they had a couple.
1: Okay, so there was. But either way, the LPs are on there. Or sorry, at least the first LP is on there. But, um, yeah, and I, I remember hearing about them from that you know window of time. But um, I assumed it was only like one of these stories of like a group – uh, like AFI, who eventually, obviously, got a lot bigger. They put out, you know, their first record or two, or whatever, and that label ended up being just some small-time thing that didn't, um, you know, wasn't equipped to have like a big group or however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've learned looking at their roster, I mean, they, they put out—they only were around it seemingly for like three or four years. Yeah, but they put out a good amount of releases in that time, all of which were pretty much that kind of seemingly like pop punk, whatever type stuff.
0: Yeah. And like, it looks like they also put out, um, you know, link 80, uh, they put yeah. out uh, screw 32. So they put out yeah. like a, a decent, not range of bands. I shouldn't, maybe is the wrong way to put it, but like, they've certainly put out a decent run of other bands other than just AFI. Yeah. No alternative too. They put out like some cool old stuff. Fang. Yeah, they did a Fang record.
1: A late Fang record, yeah, (laughs) strange. But um, anyway, so yeah, the wingnut thing—I'm guessing uh, was—I don't know—that's how that was probably formed, that relationship or however. My guess is like they probably knew AFI, and the AFI somehow had the wingnut hookup for that release. Mm -hmm. Is my guess. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it is. You uh, you're not. I mean, you're correct to assume that it seems odd because they're totally from the other side of the country, and why would they have? Any hookup with that whole scene, uh, other than the obvious, like you know, if they had a venue or whatever, things like that. Oh, where do you want to go with this? There's a lot of good. I I thought the uh, relationship with uh, Roger from doing shows was interesting for Agnostic Front. Mm-hmm. Have you ever Did, Have you ever met him? Roger or guy from Thursday? Roger. Uh, not like formally, but yeah, I've I've been around him.
0: Uh, a couple times in close proximity, kind of like chatting or what have you. Like, I would say to me, one of the most legendarily intimidating people from, from like, things that I had heard. But, like, my experiences – and this is – I don't mean it in any way that I take them lightly. But at the same time, one of the coolest, like, just, like, super awesome in my limited experience with them.
1: Yeah, I, I, likewise. That's why – I mean, the rep people's reputations preceding them just from being like first wave New York people or however you want to say that, um, New York punk people, whatever, hardcore people, like all of that makes complete sense. But I think like, um, I can't think of any real negative encounters I've had with anybody. Mind you, I don't know why I would have those encounters. Really? I'm a pretty innocuous person mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at these kind of events, but, um, yeah, no, I, I've, I've, yeah, you know, like I said, I've been, I haven't, I would be lying if I said, like, we introduced each other and we know who they are, but like, I definitely have been around him a few times and he's been fine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just thought that was a weird relationship that I would not have expected at all. But, um, it just speaks to the idea that the, I'm guessing anyway, that somehow, um, Jeff doing those kind of whatever house shows and whatever, and then that band coming out of that, was even on the radar of that I don't know what arguably the other scene or however
0: you want to frame that whole thing. Well, I think this tale of New York and New Jersey is so interesting in punk and hardcore cuz it's like two like you know especially parts of New Jersey are like you know practically in the same city, you know New York and New Jersey, right? Like they're just yeah. separated by a body of water. But it, it like it, it it feels like they were just almost like different dimensions, you know, like bizarro world versions, like the fact that you have, like, but then you also have like legit terrifying stuff that also comes out of New Jersey, but you, you have also like the AODs and the, uh, like, like even the mental abuses, like who, you know, we're, yep. we're, we're like with the agnostic front seem somewhat sillier.
1: Yeah, no, t- I agreed. I, I, I don't think that's, I mean, I'm sure we're not, uh, fully, Comprehending all the nuance of those areas because we would never live there, but in, in, especially in these times. But yeah, like I would, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I do, th- of course, I think there's scary elements in both if you really want to go look for it or what have you, but um, or want to mention it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I do think it is is weirdly different worlds when I think of them in my mind. But you're right; they're they're pretty much the same proximity in many regards. But it is funny how New York has, like, the city, I don't know, reputation. And whereas, like, the New Jersey thing seems like a bunch of other ones, other smaller
0: towns or what have you. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it definitely is, like, a looser connection of little towns. Chris, yeah. I'm afraid we might have to call Footnotes early tonight, even though it's no worries, super sir. long. Because <laughs> Dorian is back up. Yeah. I'm going to have to go put him back to bed. Uh, but man, there's so much places for us to go on this episode. You know what? Maybe we should next week. Uh, well, next week's going to be pretty packed too, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. If there's anything else you we we want to get into, we can get into next week on the show. No
1: right? problem. Man. Yeah. I'm not too worried. I'm sure a lot of the stuff will come up.
0: Okay. Well, and if people want to get in touch with us, how do they reach us? Turn out a punk footnotes at
1: gmail.com.
0: All right. Check out the tournament of death documentary, subscribe to this podcast, rate it, review it, And uh, we will see you next week. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening.